A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. All right, it'll be the Eagles and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl in Arizona after Sunday's championship games we're gonna get into all of that and we'll start steve versnick by talking about why the san francisco 49ers loss and not just their loss to philadelphia but how it occurred and what occurred is bad news if you're a tom brady fan in tampa bay um listen as we as we do this podcast uh after the games here late on sunday evening it looks like Brock Purdy could possibly have be headed to Tommy John surgery. He might have a uh, uh, an elbow injury that would require that. If that's the case, then you're looking at Trey Lance coming back next season. And, of course, they gave up three number one picks for Trey, Trey Lance. And he was their starter this year, but I think he was three and four at the time of his injury. Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. So they basically would have one quarterback because you're not going to see Brock Purdy next year if he undergoes Tommy John surgery, I don't think. And that being the case, look, the 49ers are a good team. They have a great defense. They had a good offensive line. They have lots of weapons on the outside. Would this be the year, okay, that John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan say, screw it, I know we're, we're in it for Trey Lance. We still have more time with him. But let's go all in and try to win this thing with the GOAT because he's always wanted to be a 49er. This was his hometown team. We passed on him in 2020 because Garoppolo had taken us to a Super Bowl. And even though Brock Purdy got hurt and Trey Lance got hurt, and yes, Josh Johnson, we'll talk about him, got hurt, um, and Jimmy Garoppolo, even so, we're one quarterback away or good quarterback play away from being a Super Bowl team. I think I know it's been a discussion in the past, and when the Bucks played out in San Francisco earlier this year, Kyle Shanahan said, "Yeah, you know what? We pro- we definitely made a mistake in 2020 when we passed on him because clearly he was really good and won a Super Bowl for the Bucks." I wonder if they would do it. This would be like the fourth time, right? They didn't draft him. They didn't take him as a free agent when he left New England. They didn't, you know, take him when he wasn't a free agent and a retired and an unretired and whatnot. I think this I think this is not a good thing for for Tom Brady fans in Tampa Bay. Really, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I guess it really comes down to what they think of Trey Lance. And True. do they think he's ready? You know, and how much they need to change everything they do for Tom Brady. Although if if I'm them, Trey Lance is still on a rookie contract. Brock mm-hmm. Purdy's still on a rookie contract. Yep. Bring Tom Brady in for a year or two. Right. And, and you know, he doesn't break the bank on his no. contracts. Mm-mm. I, I'm sure they'll have to, you know, move some cap money around, whatever, but teams do that all the time. Sure. I, I, think, I, I think at this point, I mean, you know, three years ago, what, John Lynch and them were coming off a Super Bowl. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and they had a big cap number mm-hmm. on Garoppolo. If they had mm-hmm. cut or traded him, it would have cost them a ton of money to, to because they had recently signed yep. Jimmy to that extension. Yep. So I don't think they have those issues this year, particularly with their quarterbacks, because nope. Garoppolo's a free agent, Trey Lance yep. and Brock Purdy on rookie contracts. Rookie contracts. Mm-hmm. So if you're John Lynch and, and Shanahan, how do you not go after Tom Brady? I don't know how you don't. I mean, especially if listen, if Purdy had not gotten hurt, this this is what will change everything. And look, mm-hmm. as we do this, we don't know for sure that you know he's torn that um, UCL in, in his elbow, his right right elbow, or not. Um, but it looks like he could be headed for it. If he is, I think that's. I mean, you know, the, as a baseball injury, Steve, you deal with this all the time with the Rays. I mean, that you don't come back the next season from that generally, right? Yeah, I mean, in baseball, it's generally fifteen months. Yeah, you know. Now so, I don't I mean, know how football in playoffs, is in, in, right? in that. I, I don't, you know, I don't know how many quarterbacks have had that surgery if he needs it. Yeah, but I would imagine you're not back at least at the beginning of next. You're not going to be back by next September. I, I wouldn't think so. Because hmm. I mean, it's, it's ha- you know it's happening this late in January. It's almost February. Yeah, I mean, you know, at this point, you know, okay, so you get the MRI Monday. Mm-hmm. Surgery's probably another week or two, maybe. If, if, if it's, it's a nine month injury, that's November of next year, roughly December. Yeah, I would think if, if if he's having surgery, I mean, they're hopeful that he won't, and it's what a six week recovery they think. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is fine. He'd be mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, and that that's important because I I believe this: if Brock Purdy and Trey Lance are available. You could still bring in Tom Brady if you wanted to for a year, I suppose. But I think you'd be more inclined to let those two guys, you know, let the best man win. Because don't forget, I mean, Brock Purdy was 7-0 and until he got hurt in this game, in the, in the championship game. And Trey Lance, they do they do think very highly of, regardless of what his record was before that. And he mm-hmm. hasn't played much in all of it. And they do they did give up a ton of draft capital to not find out. I mean, this is the thing. when you When you draft a guy and you have a conviction about him, You've got to find out what you have if you've given up that much capital. So even if you, you did nothing but let Purdy and, and Trey Lance battle it out, the best guy that wins is going to be a pretty good quarterback. So I think I think that's the direction you would go as an organization, I think. Um, but if, if Purdy's out, that, that changes the equation, right? Because now you're just dealing with one quarterback. He could get hurt as well if you just go into the season with him. You don't have Jimmy Garoppolo this time to fall back on. And you know, you're going to have to get other veteran quarterbacks in here to back him up or whatnot. Why not just have Tom start, try to win you a Super Bowl, fulfill his childhood dream, and then you've got Trey Lance learning under the goat for a year. That's not the worst thing in the world before you find out what you have. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers has, has been keeping a guy on the bench for years now. Um, so what's one, what's one more season? You know, and the question is, would Brady go that far um, you know, his kids both live in Miami or South Florida. You know, he was seen going through a, a prospective school for theirs, uh, for them, you know, down there the other day. And, and I really don't know how that would work with him trying to parent, you know, separate from his ex-wife. But for one year, and the fact that, you know, he has family in the Bay Area, obviously he's from San Mateo, so his mom, his dad, his sisters are all out there. Talk about being able to help, talk about, you know, maybe they come out when when there's time off from school. Maybe they maybe they're homeschooled again. I don't know what they're going to do, but um, it's a long, long way, and I don't think it's ideal in any any sense for the family. However, you know, 
they have they have relatives there. They have grandparents that they love. They they there's a reason. I mean, for one season, for for Brady to be part of that legacy with Joe Montana and Steve Young, that would mean so much to him. And it's a really good football team that has all the elements he needs. I think it's a game changer if we find out Brock Purdy's hurt. If he's if he's gonna be okay and he doesn't need Tommy John, I don't know it's the same conversation. I don't know. But it certainly would be if he's out. Absolutely. And and like again, it depends on what do they think of Brock Purdy? Yes, he yeah. was eight no. Mm-hmm. But what do they think of him? What do they think of Trey Lance long term? Right. You know, and, and look with Tom, you're probably talking a year or two. Probably a year, yeah. Maybe he tries to play till he's fifty, but I who knows. But mm-hmm. you know, this is a short term. They've got so many weapons. They have a, a stud defense. You know, it's what Brady's looking for. Yeah, they got everything. They can run the football with Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. Debo Samuel. They got speed everywhere on the outside. Uh, the ball comes out quick, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine him making those decisions and, and you know, sort of doing those pre-snap reads that he's capable of doing. And a really good offensive line. Now, I will say this. I think Kyle Shanahan needs to look at himself, okay, about these quarterback injuries. Because you lost four guys. <laughs> you lost two in the championship game. And we'll talk about how the NFL needs to needs to never let that happen again at, in the playoffs. But job number one is a play caller or a play designer, I should say. And it, I, look, I don't know much about football, and I, I truly mean that when I tell you this because I am not that guy that is you know that that is going to you know give you technical analysis of every single play. But I've been around a lot of good coaches and and some bad ones. And, um, and I've done this for a long time. Here's what I've learned, okay? And you talk about the vernacular of football or the language of football. Can you speak the language? Can you understand what, what's important? Here's what's important. If you're a play designer or play caller, the number one job of every play, okay, is protect the quarterback. What is the protection, right? That's what they call first, right? Before they even get to the route, route trees or the you know, uh, reading the defense and, you know, watching the rotation of the secondary and all that. The first thing is, what do they do? They point out the Mike linebacker, you got the line, you know, moving protection. Like the first thing, the most important thing is you have to get the protection right. You can't have a guy running free. You can't have your quarterback getting hit. He's the most, he's the most important thing on the field, right? He's, he's the franchise. He's going to hold the ball in, in his hands every single play. When Kyle Shanahan ran that play and brought, that Brock Purdy got hit on, here's what I saw. One of the best pass rushers in the league, and certainly the Eagles' best pass rusher, coming off the edge, okay, with a backup tight end responsible for blocking him one-on-one. And to, on top of that, because that's a bad matchup, that's a losing matchup. On top of that, it was a play-action fake end around fake, and then he was going to throw the ball. That play takes way too long to develop, and you've got the quarterback holding the ball for a lot longer than Tom Brady would ever consider doing it, okay? And that's how you get your quarterback hit, and that's how he got him hit, and he's gotten other quarterbacks hit, and that's why they've gotten broken up is that he he doesn't – in my mind, and, and you know, Bruce Arians was accused of this and was guilty of it, I think, sometimes. 
with his no risk it, no biscuit. Um, you have to protect the quarterback. Are there times when the quarterback's just going to have to stand in the, and look down the gun barrel and all? Yes. Yes, he is. There's, there are times when that has to happen. But on a regular play, especially in a championship game, to get your guy hit like that, um, because I think schematically it was a losing hand, right? Like this is a bad matchup. There's a game wrecker on that side of the field, and we're using a backup tight end, you know what I'm saying, to, to, try, to, to try to block. That's why Brock Purdy didn't finish that game. Yeah, I mean, you know, we remember Jameis Winston years ago when Bruce Arians got mm-hmm. here, went to put on armor because he knew he was going <laughs> to take right. hits in, in this. And, <laughs> you know, those kind of plays, if you don't have the protection right, I mean, you're asking for trouble. Oh, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. His arms moving forward, you know, and that, that when you get hit in that throwing motion, you you, you can – tear the labrum you can as he did rip up your elbow your hand any number of, of injuries can occur when that happens when that when that ball is, is in the forward torque of your shoulder and everything's coming forward and you get hit like that you just and, and listen they've they've all got they all got hit you know they were running trying to run out of a pocket they were trying to um you know josh johnson got blasted and his head hit the back of the turf he mm-hmm. was knocked out for a concussion protocol you just can't you just can't get your quarterback hit as much as I've seen San Francisco's and it's funny because they typically the ball comes out really fast and, the, and it's not in the air long and that's good and they hit guys in stride and it's like you know you see it in Miami the same kind of thing but guess who also got hurt in Miami Tua Tungabaloa what offense do they run the same one they run in San Francisco you know so I would just take a look at that and go mm Maybe we're not protecting our guy that well. Now, the other part of it is is that, you know, Tom is not going to have the movement in the pocket. So some of those, you know, read actions and bootlegs and, and, and you know, waggles and things like that, you're not going to run with Tom. You're going to have to do some things probably to keep him right behind center. Um, but I still say that Shanahan bears some blame. This was not one of those, oh, what a terrible break. Oh, once in a, you know, it's this this would never happen in a, in a game, let alone a championship game. Oh, it's just a freaky thing. No, no, it wasn't. Wasn't freaky at all. Dude, one is one-on-one matchup that you should have never put that tight end in. And you got your quarterback hit. And you got him knocked out of the game, and it cost you the championship. End of story. It starts and stops with that. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, it's football. A guy can get hurt on any play. That's true. It's a collision sport. But that one in particular was on you is on Kyle and he's got to take a long look at that. But the other thing that's got to change, Steve, and and I think you looked up the year that they stopped this is they need to reinstitute the inactive third quarterback whereby it used to be, you could, you could have three quarterbacks on the field dressed and ready to play, but one was designated as inactive until such a time that maybe you lost one or both quarterbacks. But once you played the third quarterback, the guy that, that came out first can't go back in. Um, and so he's done for the day. But to play a a postseason NFC championship game with two quarterbacks, and let's face it, it's not that unusual for two quarterbacks to get hurt in a game. It, it You don't want it to happen. It's rare. But it can happen, and it did. And it happened on the biggest stage, on the biggest championship night of the, of the year. And basically San Francisco had no chance after that, right? You can't, this is not youth football. Like, you can't just line up and run the ball every single play. 
And at one point they were thinking about playing Christian McCaffrey as a, you know, wildcat quarterback. And he did make a, a kind of a throw down the field on a, on a sort of a, a gadget play, but, but you can't ever have that product. And so consequently the Niners, both quarterbacks get knocked out. There's no one else to put in the game and they end up losing 31 to seven as a result in a very un, not entertaining game, not really playoff caliber um, just kind of sucked the oxygen out of the day in a way, Steve. It did. It's like when we see in hockey the e-bug, the emergency backup mm-hmm. goalie. You know, they bring yeah. some equipment guy in to play goalie when two guys go out. Right. And it's you know, if it's a regular season game, that's one thing. But this was a playoff game. This was an yeah. NFC championship game. Yeah, man. You can't have a third quarterback. Of course you could. I mean, and it's granted, so it, te- teams can take a roster spot off the the forty six man roster and for a quarterback, but it doesn't happen often enough where you're going to do that. You you're, you want to maximize every person on that roster to play right. that day. Uh, I, it seems like an easy fix that there should be one available. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's no shortage. I mean, everybody's like, "Well, there's not that many." Every, look, every team has that guy, and nowadays they put you have him on the four of them in squad. camp. The, you have four of them the in Bucks camp have every four. year. Yeah, they got four. They got three on the active roster, and one as a practice squad guy, and um, Ryan Griffin. And there would be no problem with making Kyle Kyle Trask inactive every game. As it stands, he's only he's only had a helmet in two regular season games in his career, and they both happened last year. He's thrown all of nine passes in the, in the kind of the uh the the game that they pulled all their starters against Atlanta in the final game of the regular season. That's the first appearance he's made in the regular season. But you could have him dressed on the sideline every game. If he didn't play, he didn't play. Hell he, he hasn't even gotten he'd be delighted to have a uniform on game day. You're paying these guys anyway. Now I recognize, you know, a guy like Trask, he's on the he's on the he's on the fifty three man roster. So it's not changing his pay pay grade. Now some teams may want to carry two quarterbacks and then one on the practice squad. I, I don't know if that's the case anymore um, in the league. I'd have to look, but I, I would think there's probably a, a few teams that only have two that are active. Um, but listen, when you get to the postseason, at minimum, at minimum, when you get to the postseason, that has to be that has to be the case. And I would expect it would change after after this game. You know what else needs to change, Steve? Because you watched, and, and congratulations to Philadelphia, by the way. Look, they're a fine team. They they were consistent all year. Um, uh, you know. I think Jalen Hurts has been terrific. Uh, I'm not surprised he's successful as he is. I've liked him since Alabama and Oklahoma in the combine, and they have been uh, – they earned it. You know, regardless of what happened, they knocked mm-hmm. those two guys out, but they earned it. They have really good offensive line, good defensive line. They play physical. Uh, their coach is, <laughs> is full of it. He's like the city. Um, they're very, uh, very aggressive and kind of in your face, and that's who Nick Sirianni is. And so good for them. Good for Philadelphia to go back to a Super Bowl. They've earned it. Uh, regardless of what happened in that game, they were good enough. And you don't, you know, you don't beat a team like that, a good team like San Francisco, unless you got some pretty good players, regardless of who's playing quarterback over there. And so uh I you know, I think I think they've deserved it. Now, what also has to change in the NFL as quickly as possible is the officiating in the NFL. These two games, and both of them, I put them in the same category, though the Cincinnati game was way times worse. But those two crews were awful. They were terrible. Replay is terrible. It doesn't work the way it's supposed to, fast enough, accurately enough. 
And what happened in the Bengals game was was borderline criminal. And 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 ultimately may have cost the Bengals. There's plenty of plays that they would like to have back, should have back, should have played better, all that. But my gosh, was it bad. And as I, I will never understand this. Somebody has to explain it to me. In a, in a league with the resources that the National Football League has, the billions and billions of dollars that they make as owners, they are the only major professional sports league that doesn't have full-time officials. It makes no sense to me that some guy who spends six days a week at his insurance company or as, a, as, as an attorney someplace is the best you can do to call National Football League games with what's at stake. And I'm not saying all these guys are bad. I'm saying, why not make it better? Why not have full-time officials that you actually pay to do nothing but be full-time officials, like every other sport that, and, and that's, that's you know one of the major sports in, in this country? It's so stupid to me. I, it, it, it's either you know short-sighted or cheap. I don't know which, but both of them are bad, and so is the officiating. These were, these were terrible games to watch. I don't understand, and, and I've never liked replay. I think it's it's it slows everything down. It quite frankly ruins the game. But how does replay get it wrong? <laughs> I mean, that's what that's those are the ones that you're just like, how do you yeah. get it wrong? Right, like like you I mean, see what happened, but they say no, that's not what you see. Now we use replay to see if the ball moved a millimeter as you're falling to the ground catching it. Mm-hmm. But like in the Bengals game. There was a play, I think it was, I, I don't remember if it was Valdez Scantley, one of the receivers, was stopped short, a yard short of the first down. Right. Reaches the ball out for the first down. Yeah. Voluntarily pulls the ball back. That's not forward progress. He pulled it back. And then he was tackled. And they marked it a yard short, but then replay, they gave him the first down. That is not the right call. If the Bengals had pushed him back or hit the ball and pushed it back, then it's forward progress. It's just like if you get a first down but run back behind the first down and then get tackled, it's not the forward progress of where you caught the ball. Like how do you how does replay blow that call? I just don't I don't get that. Like he he reached out voluntarily pulled it back. I just it, it blows my mind how many calls replay messes up. Like what's I mean, the that's point not, of it you, then? You, that's not I mean I know what you're saying about replay but like Somebody needs to know the rules, right? Like, that's not even enforcing what the damn rules are. Right. If replay clearly shows that the guy pulled the ball back and then therefore is forward progress instead of – now, it's not – I asked you this was before we came on. At the goal line, if a quarterback or any player reaches mm-hmm. the ball across the goal line, the play is dead. It's a touchdown. So he can pull it back. He can do whatever he wants mm-hmm. to at that point. Yeah, once the ball crosses the goal line, the play's dead. Yeah, it's 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 seven. It's six. Mm-hmm. Then the extra point. So yeah, uh, then it's over. But if you're reaching the line to gain, um, as you're saying, if you voluntarily pull it back and your forward mm-hmm. progress has stopped, yeah, then you didn't make the line to gain. Yeah, they didn't push you, you back. Know? That's different. That's but where they forward progress they didn't comes. They shove through. you back, yeah. right? You know, you reached out the ball and then they hit your hand and pushed it back into you. That would be forward mm-hmm. progress to where you reach the ball out to. Mm-hmm. But when you voluntarily pull it back, that's not a first down. Like, how does that? Right. Get, and it wasn't like. They called it on the field a first down and just said it stood. No, they overturned it. I'm like, that's wrong. <laughs> I, yeah, no, it's, it, and that's the thing. They they screwed up so much. And the other thing that happened in this Bengals game, which I thought was egregious, and I, I, I got to be honest with you, I mean, 
you know, there's a lot of plays, right? There's 65, mm-hmm. 70 plays on offense and defense and stuff. And so it, you you can go back and look at a lot of things, yep. okay? In, including <laughs> including the last play um, that actually by Joseph Asai that got, you know, the, the personal foul on mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes who ran for a first down and then to hit him out of bounds like that is one of the dumbest things I have ever seen in my life uh, in that situation, which absolutely put them in field goal range with eight seconds left to win the game. Um, but having said all that, it, it, it just, it just doesn't make sense. Um, you know, that, that they're at this stage and when they blew the, you know, the third down call. So the Cincinnati Bengals are off the field. It's third and nine and they're off the field and they go off the field mm-hmm. and they're getting ready to punt. Bunt teams on. Yep. Return teams on. And then all of a sudden, somebody from upstairs or, or the back judge or whatever that, that tried to call timeout before that play, they had a clock issue. And, and the referee announced that there was 10 seconds on the play clock and that the clock would start on the play clock would start on his, you know, his whistle and that the game clock would start on the snap. Well, for whatever reason, one of the back judges, I think, uh, or a side judge, I don't know which, came running in just as the play was snapped and he's trying to halt play. Okay. And they but they let the play play out. I mean, there wasn't anybody that that recognized that this was trying to be stopped. The ball was snapped. Mm-hmm. They played the play out. Uh it was an incomplete pass and Cincinnati's going to get the ball cuz they're off the field on third and 9. But then they go back and say no, no, no. We got to replay third down. And I'm thinking, wow. You could change the entire course of history by allowing a team like Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes to have another shot at third and nine, and it, there's only about six or seven minutes to go in the game at that point. Mm-hmm. They drive down, score a touchdown or a field goal. They're going to the Super Bowl, right? And they literally did it. And then they then they get a, I think it was a defensive holding call, which gives them another first down. Then it gets to be third and nine again, which somebody creatively wrote online they were like yeah it's six to nine right now <laughs> for the for, for for the for the uh uh yeah for the kansas city chiefs and 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 then fortunately they they did stop them and they made a punt but lots of time went off the clock they lost field position i, I mean if i'm the pool reporter i might have to spend a half hour with these guys right i'm gonna miss deadline because i've been assigned to go talk to these referees they're going to try to explain to me all the calls that they missed in this game. Not to mention, and and you talked about this, like they were headed to overtime if if somehow Cincinnati could stop Kansas City from driving the ball down with under a minute to go. Um, first, they kicked the ball to him, which was probably a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, good deep kick, but they allow a return. But that in wasn't that a good return, kick. He outkicked his coverage. It wasn't a good he kick. He outkicked, yeah, exactly. He did. He did outkick his coverage, and so nobody could get down there to tackle the guy. But... On top of that, I think there was a block in the back mm-hmm. um, or a hold or something, and they didn't call that. And, and that's as critical a time as there was. A good return gets him closer to the field goal range. That allows Patrick Mahomes to run for a first down, and then with the with the penalty by Osai, uh, the push out of bounds for for uh, roughing, you know, for a personal foul that put him in field goal range, and they kick it with eight, with eight seconds left. And it just again such arbitrary we're calling this penalty we're calling this hold we're calling this pass interference we're not calling it just seemed like it was so inconsistent well i'm curious you what know, the taunting and, penalty was 
that was what was but, weird. I mean, well, he, he in my I know a lot of people were upset. Like you're going to call that in a, in a championship game. Well, I'm curious what he said. And yeah, you don't hear what he said. And right. if the official had already talked to them about that before, because it's possible mm-hmm. that it's been going on all game. The officials like you do it again. I'm calling it. That's true. You know, you yeah. don't know that. That's what. That's what you know. That's what, my first thought was. That seems weak, but I, who knows what he said? Right, he may have crossed a line that the officials like. Nope, got to call it. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was you just. You and I were talking beforehand. It it, it doesn't seem like there's any accountability. No, no, and it won't be. Here's the thing: you just might not see this crew in the Super Bowl, wherever they've assigned mm-hmm. to that. I have no idea, or. You know, maybe they, you know, one guy gets a bad review and, and gets bumped down or doesn't get to do a playoff game next year or, you know, but, but we won't know what the mm-hmm. NFL does. And frankly, it doesn't matter what they do. You can't get the plays back. You can't, you know, like I said, you potentially could alter the course of history with some of these calls. And I know they want to get them right. And I know they get an inordinate amount of them correct. Uh, and I know that replay is there to assist that which to your point doesn't always assist it which what's the purpose of replay um but and then we can get in discussion about well why don't you review holding penalties are you telling me if a guy holds somebody that would otherwise be sacked and he throws a touchdown that's not just as important as a pass interference which it is so there's all these kind of issues right and to your point maybe you're better off without replay but again i go back to this league has like bottomless resources right they make so much money that the fact that you wouldn't have better officials more well-trained officials guys that are full-time officials makes absolutely no sense to me i don't i would think it would improve the product but it certainly it certainly was embarrassing those games were hard to watch because of the official way when i have to watch a game that's just like not comfortable to watch that's that's you don't want the officials to be the story, not at the championship game level. My gosh, and how about and how about Fox having the sky cam over the punt? Oh, I mean, geez. whether it hit the, the lines or not, who knows? But how, I mean, how does Fox even allow that? How uh, how do they have that camera in that position? Don't know. All right, so it'll be the Philadelphia Eagles against Kansas City Chiefs in the Andy Reid Bowl. I guess they'll call it in Arizona. Should be a good one, though. Looking forward to it. A couple of really good teams. And look, am I right about this, Steve? Is this the third time in four years Kansas City has made it to a Super Bowl? That's correct. I mean, they've hosted that's the AFC Championship dynasty, five straight years. So, Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. and you, you think about Patrick Mahomes and how young he is and, you know, and all of that. Um, I thought Joe Burrow played great, by the way. Uh, unfortunate they didn't get the win. This could have been a big day for him uh, and, and a big Super Bowl. But to get this far back-to-back two years in a row. Once again, the I mean, offensive line and the last play of offense is a sack where they could have had a chance to go to win yeah. it. Now, granted, this time, this time it's a lot of injuries on the offensive line. Three-fifths of their offensive line got hurt since week 16. And you can't win that way. And whether mm-hmm. it was Kansas City coming to Tampa Bay, you know, when they played Super Bowl 55 here and their offensive line was obliterated, and there, so so did um, Patrick Mahomes go that way. Here's here's what's incredible to me. You're Alex Kappa, okay? Think about this. Mm-hmm. You're Alex Kappa. You play in Tampa Bay. You're drafted from a D two D through school, whatever it was. Uh, you're the starting, um, you know, right guard, and and your team's got Tom Brady, and you go on a run, and about three weeks to go or two weeks to go, whatever it is, in the playoffs. I think you got knocked out at the Washington in the Washington game. He got hurt in the playoffs, and now you can't play again. 
in the postseason. And so Aaron Stinney comes in, and when they win three games, including the Super Bowl. You miss the Super Bowl. You miss the championship game. Now, years later, you get you get a free agent contract with the Bengals because they want to protect their star quarterback, and you're a big part of that, and you start protecting them, and they start winning. And they had first Bengals lost since Halloween, for God's sakes, right? So everything's going well, and then you get hurt again and miss another championship game. You're, you've missed two championship games. People play their entire careers and don't have an opportunity to play in those games. And he gets hurt for and can't play in either one of them. It's incredible. It's a shame. I mean, you know, that's I mean, that's you live that's for the football. Playoffs. I mean, well, it is football, yeah. and, and it's you know, I mean, we know the Chiefs. What you know, th- two years ago in the Super Bowl, their offensive right. line was decimated, which is one of the mm-hmm. reasons the Bucks were able to control that game as much as they did. Right. You know, the the injuries matter, and the injuries affect things. And yeah. It affected Joe Burrow. He was sacked like three times on the first, what, six dropbacks? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it affected Patrick so. Mahomes today, too. I mean, and, and you know, yeah. we already talked about Brock Purdy and, and that, but Mahomes wasn't nearly as mobile as he usually is. No, he was phenomenal, too. I mean, mm-hmm. look, Patrick yes, Mahomes, I mean, think about what he's just done. And, and, you know, I think that Burrow and Mahomes, and I guess Allen will come in there at some point, but to me, Burrow and Mahomes is as close as thing as we have to Brady and Manning, right, where they're going to be going at it every year. Mm-hmm. They just are. Allen's that Roethlisberger. You know? He's going to be in there too in that mix. Yeah, there you go. You know, yeah, I mean, Manning and Brady always had the the biggest headlines that were you know probably considered mm-hmm. the best two. But then you had Roethlisberger yeah. in there that was going to Super Bowls too, and 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 winning them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he won a couple and went went to a couple. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think uh, the AFC's loaded, man. And uh, I like I love that rivalry. Is good. The mayor of Cincinnati, however, in the in the words of the John Torrella. Shut your yap. <laughs> you just can't. You just can't do that, man. I mean, the Bengals and Chiefs have played four times in the last two seasons. Every game decided by three points. Three points, and Cincinnati had won three of them. So, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, they had bragging rights. Hey, before we get into the Bucks offensive coordinator situation, there's a lot going on with that. Uh, I want to tell you guys about how to save money on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. Now, there's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's the difference. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. That's three decades, man. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances, Right there is the main difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they do not use subcontractors, right? So all those guys up on the roof, those are Billy Mays guys. You know who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long and preserve the quality of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727 727- 819-2862. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, so who do you like as the Bucks offensive coordinator? Because they got some choices, man. 
Um, we have another playoff and, team that fired their offensive coordinator. I think that's what, it's five It's incredible, this year? right? Yeah, there's been at least five, I think. I think you're right. Uh, apparently, no head coaches are to blame. It's just all coordinators' fault, I guess. I don't really know. But um, if you're not aware, Kellen, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. was fired on Sunday. Yep. Right, and and it's already been sort of uh, exp- you know, there's a report. I think it was Ian Rappaport said oh, the the Bucks are among the teams expected to have an interest. Listen, he, he had head coaching interviews this year, and he gets fired as an I know, offensive coordinator. It, <laughs> Exactly, and and some of those teams haven't hired head coaches. You'll probably talk to Kellen, really, seriously. Uh, he was a hotter commodity a year ago. I don't know what he's done wrong other than, I guess, he didn't throw the ball to the right guy. Um, you know, if you're Dak Prescott, I don't think that's Kellen's fault, but he's had really, really good offenses, including up until this year, and they took the Bucks apart. So, yeah, if I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I watch Dallas do that to me, I would think you'd want some of that, right? Now, um, We'll see if, you know, I, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities and a lot of uh, phone calls and things like that. So we'll see if he ends up coming here and interviewing. But one guy that is going to interview here that's a big name that everybody has talked about of late is somebody who might be coming back for his former job. That's Todd Munkin, the Georgia offensive coordinator. The last two seasons, they've won a couple of national championships. And of course, he was part of the Bucks coaching staff under Dirk, Dirk Cutter from 2016 and 18. He was a receivers coach and... The offensive coordinator, he didn't call plays until his final year. Uh, and then he did call plays for uh, Dirk Cutter and did very, very well. They, that was the year it was kind of screwy. They, Jameis was suspended three games, I think, to start the season. Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic went off, had a bunch of good games. Uh, then they eventually went to Jameis. And then when he didn't play well, they went back to Fitz. And then you know, very shortly went back to Jameis and had a bad year and everybody got fired. Um, but... Uh, I'll say this, if if they think they're going to get Munkin, there's two things. One, he already interviewed with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, if I'm Todd Munkin and I'm looking at these two situations, I might go, hmm, Lamar Jackson's the quarterback. John Harbaugh has been a head coach forever there and probably coach as long as he wants to. And the Ravens are a perennial playoff contender. I mean, they just are, especially in the NFC South. So, or the, I'm sorry, the AFC South. So, you look at that and you go versus Tampa Bay where he's going to interview next or sometime this week, I guess. And you have one quarterback under contract is Kyle Trask. You don't know what Tom Brady's going to do. Um, it's just different, right? And this is his former job. I mean, this is going for his old job. Now they're going to have to spend some money, whoever gets him. I mean, he's going to get paid. He is the highest paid assistant coach in college football. He earns $2.01 million dollars a year as their offensive coordinator. And he's done a great job. I mean, they were fourth nationally with 41.1 points per game. Um, Stetson Bennett, you know, came from nowhere and became a Heisman Trophy finalist. He passed for 4,127 yards and 27 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. By the way, Stetson Bennett, yes, he was arrested in Dallas around 6 a.m. the other day uh, for drunk and disorderly, I think. So that that's not a good look. Um, but, you know, when Munkin was here, um, they were third in the NFL in total offense. I mean, they chucked it around, you know, quite a bit under Dirk. And unfortunately, um, they were 12th in scoring at 24.8 points per game, which the Bucks would take. That would represent about, what, six or eight points more per game than they had last year. He also had one year he spent after he left here as a Cleveland Browns offensive coordinator, but Freddie Kitchens really called the plays. He coached Baker Mayfield. He got fired after one season. 
So, you know, I think knowing, knowing Coach Munkin, um, as I do pretty well, and he said this during the interview during the national championship games, <laughs> somebody said something like, well, you know, you're really part of the family now at the University of Georgia. And he's like, look, there's no family here. If I, if we suck, I'll get fired. <laughs> and so, um, that's kind of how he thinks, but, uh, you just wonder, I, it, it, you know, part of his problem is the, the, the schedule of college football. It hurts. If you have a team that's playing in the national championships, right? Or the semifinals and final, then that break there in between the end of the regular season, when other college programs want to hire head coaches, before the transfer portal uh, opens or whatever that date is, it's really it's really narrow. They don't want to hold your hold a job open for that because you miss out on all that transfer portal stuff. And so consequently, like he's kind of been a victim of his own success as Georgia has gone and played in the national championship games. You know, places like I don't know. I think at one point uh, Purdue was interested in Coach Monk. Uh, Munkin for to be the head coach, and they had to move on. They had to move, move to and find somebody. So that hasn't helped him. And and I haven't talked to him in a little while. I knew uh, that he would take this phone call if they if they made it. And apparently they have. Uh, and so you say, well, why you know why would he come back? I mean, look, I I don't know this. I mean, maybe maybe he thinks this. He's he's done. He's won back to back national national championships. I don't know what else he can prove. He took Stetson Bennett, who was you know not one of the highest recruited guys, and all he did was keep hanging in there and winning and, you know, put him in under, under control and ends up being a Heisman candidate. Um, maybe he thinks this he's as hot as he's going to be, you know. Uh, maybe he's accomplished what he wanted to in college and really likes the pro game because you don't have the NILs and it's just all ball and all of that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if uh, if he's their guy. Um, they're certainly going to have some choices, and, and, and Munkin will too because he's got, as I said, he's already interviewed for Baltimore. Um, so that's, you know, that's certainly something that uh, uh, that would interest him as well. Uh, there are other guys they have met with uh, on Friday. They met virtually with the Bengals quarterbacks coach, Dan Pitcher, who uh, was preparing for the AFC championship game. And we know what kind of job that, that Pitcher has done with Joe Burrow. Uh, they've also talked to Jaguars passing game coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter. Vikings receiver coach Keenan McCardell and Broncos quarterbacks coach Clint Kubiak. All those guys have uh, have interviewed for the Bucks offensive coordinator job. So I would think that, you know, with these staffs starting to form pretty quickly, uh, it looks like the Texans are going to hire D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator, here pretty soon. And so as more head coaches get hired and more staffs have to be filled out, and you mentioned the ones that have fired their coordinators already, the Bucks are probably going to have to make a decision sometime this week, I would imagine, because I think you'd want to go to the Senior Bowl uh, and maybe fill out the rest of your staff with running backs coach or uh, wide receivers coach and you know some of the quarterbacks coach in different positions you need. You probably want your offensive coordinator to be there in addition to scouting and then help you uh, help you fill out the staff. So, you know, we'll see. Um, it's a uh, it's it's an interesting group of uh, of guys that they have uh, sort of assembled and talked to and um you know you just you just don't know exactly what they're looking for or where they're headed but i would say that yeah i would say that Moore would be a big candidate i would think munkin would be a big candidate and you know and they might just opt to go with one of the younger guys too you know um well some of these guys have great stories they weren't you know, a lot of them 
kind of were backup quarterbacks in their own careers. And there's been a lot of successful backup quarterbacks go on to be not just uh, offensive coordinators, but head coaches in the league as well. So it's going to be an interesting decision. And one that Tom Brady's probably watching pretty closely because, you know, whatever they do, Brady's going to have to come in and learn that offense. I would think that it will mesh with the philosophy of Todd Bowles or what he wants, not what he got, which is to run the football more, um, better schematics, more up-to-date, more modern-type offense. I mean, you're not going to run RPOs with Tom Brady, but with Kyle Trask, you might have to do more more things. And, you know, so we'll, I just I have no clue. I really have no feel necessarily for, um, for where they're going to go. Oh, there was one other guy, um, Giants quarterback coach, Shea Tierney. I would say keep an eye on him. Uh, he he's that guy that fits that mold of you know a young up and coming quarterbacks coach. I mean he helped Daniel Jones make a big leap, and Jones of course won a wild card game over the Vikings. Um, you know he's worked for Brian Dable everywhere really at Alabama at at Buffalo and then now the Giants, and you know so he gets a lot of credit for for Jones. And if you develop one young quarterback, you can do it again. So that's the other guy that they have interviewed. All right, so we'll be back uh, the rest of the week, of course, and the Lightning are headed to Sunrise. They've got uh, a couple of players are anyway. Andre Vasilevsky and Nikita Kucherov will be down there. I went to the game the other night, Steve, and they won a big game over L.A. That's now 12, club record 12 in a row at home. That's correct. Yeah, the twelfth uh, straight game at home as they uh now in the All-Star break for the week. So they don't have a game till. Uh, a week from tonight, uh, the All-Star Game will be uh, the skills competition Friday night, the game Saturday, and then they'll play in mm-hmm. Sunrise a week from tonight. So no lightning this week. So You got the Pro Bowl uh, also, their festivities with the touch football and different skill competitions will be going on later this week as well. Mm-hmm. We'll be following everything that goes on with Tom Brady and the Bucks. It's a daily pursuit. I mean, we were already starting to get these stories about which teams are in, which teams are out. So we're going to hear a lot more about the 49ers quarterback situation. And I would just say this, that uh, you know, the Bucks are still in it if he decides to play, and I would not, uh, would not discount them in, until or unless he, uh, he says he's going somewhere else because I think there's constant communication, and I, I know there's a lot of things he likes about, about Tampa Bay in this situation. So we'll follow all of that and anything else that happens this week. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 